Hey, it's Heidi Dawson, and this is Wednesday Wisdom, where I interview wildly successful people from across the world, where we get an inside view into what their daily life looks like. Success leaves clues, and on Wednesdays, we're finding them. Join me now for the latest wildly successful interview. Hi guys, welcome to the 79th episode of the Wildly Successful Lifestyle Podcast, and welcome to Wednesday Wisdom. Today, I'm interviewing a really interesting guy who's done just so much. I mean, he's been wildly successful in business. He started the number one hostel chain in Asia and is currently the CEO of Slumber Hostel Group and also Destination Eats. He's a member of the Forbes Business Council. He's known as a business turnaround expert. And on top of that, he's an ultra marathon runner and he's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, which in my opinion alone makes him super cool and totally brave. So let me introduce you to Edmund Lohman. Hey, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too. So tell us a little bit about what you do now on top of all those cool things I just listed, which are amazing in themselves. Um, yeah, so I'm, uh, as you correctly stated, I uh, founded a company called Slumber Party. Um, Slumber Party about two, two, two and a half years ago. Um, part of it was acquired by another company called Destination Group. Um, Destination Group has um, three different divisions. One is called Destination Resorts, which is, uh, we have branded resorts like uh, Novotel, Swiss Hotel, uh, Four Points by Sheraton, like name branded hotels. Uh, another division is called Destination Eats, which is um, we own the master franchise rights for Hooters for all of Asia. We own two Hard Rock cafes. We have um, uh, Big Boy. I don't know if you know Big Boy Burger from Minnesota and uh, the West Coast. We have the master franchise for Big Boy Burger for all of Asia. Uh, and then we have about 10 or 15 other like ghost kitchen and restaurant brands. Um, and then the, the, third, the third side of the business um, is called Destination Capital, where we invest in other um, acquiring assets, hotel assets. So currently I'm the CEO of, yes, of Slumber Party, but as well Destination Eats. So uh, as I said, Destination Eats is Hooters, Hard Rock, uh, Big Boy, Slumber Party. So Wow, uh, yeah. that's, that's amazing. So a little bit of hospitality or a little bit of hotel and hustle and a little bit of F&B, a little bit of everything. That's awesome. All right, so I have a few, a couple questions I ask everybody because I, I think it, you know, we learn from others, watching others. Be okay. successful. So do you have a set morning routine that you can share with us? I do not. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> a lot of people talk about routines and you got to get in your routine. And, and I guess that's good, man. I wish I, I wish I, I wish I could say I did have one. Um, I guess, or, or maybe I do have one. I don't realize I have one. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm usually up, I guess what I would say is I'm usually up by around, uh, five between 5 a.m and 6 a.m uh, i don't really i don't set an alarm so anytime between 5 and 6 a.m i get up um and then usually the first thing i do is I, i'll go exercise so 6 or 6 30 i'll go exercise for an hour um once i get back from my exercise i usually hang out i have a daughter a three-year-old daughter so i'll hang out with my daughter for like 30 minutes to an hour like helping uh my wife with her like take shower brush her teeth um have breakfast just hang out with my daughter because that's the that's the Really, the morning is the most quality time I kind of get with her. So by the time I get home, I'm usually destroyed. Um, and then I'm usually uh, I'm usually 
at the office by 9, 9.30 at the latest, um, depending, or, or let me, sorry, let's say a different way. I'm usually on meetings by 9 or 9.30 at the latest. It just depends where I am because I kind of split my time between two cities. Okay. So if I'm in Bang Bangkok, where I am now, uh, usually I go in the office really early because I'll just exercise and go straight to the office. I usually get there around 7 or 7.30. Uh, and when I'm in the other town where I live, Krabby, because my wife and kid are with me there, I usually start work a bit later, like nine, between 9 and 10. So. Awesome. So you kind of. So I, I guess I, I guess I do have a routine. <laughs> it, I it, have more it, of a I have more of an evening routine than a than a morning routine. Okay. So then I want to hear that because I've I'm hearing more and more about that. Like having an evening routine is just as important as your morning routine. So uh, tell us about that. What is your evening routine then? Um, I would say generally um, by. 8 or 9 p.m., uh, I try to switch off electronics and um, either read. I'm not, I'm not so stringent on what it is, but it's either read, meditate, or journal. So just like I write, I keep a daily journal, just write about whatever feelings or what's happened during the day or things I'm excited about or not excited about or whatever. I just write stuff down in it. Okay. So um, I'm, I'm pretty pretty good about keeping to that routine of like no electronics for like an hour before bed and uh, journaling meditating or reading so that okay. that I'm pretty good about awesome. yeah so does that so does that kind of works into our next question does that help you sleep like does is that for sleep purposes how uh, do yeah. you sleep let's start there well uh, also the other thing I was going to add just to throw into the routine thing is also I do a thing on Sunday which is awesome is on Sundays uh no electronics whatsoever okay. so from saturday at midnight until monday morning uh no computer no phone not even apple watch anything that has a screen on it i don't touch from wow. for 24 hours and i, I do that every sunday uh and it man it, it if you've never tried it try it it's it's difficult but man it, it makes you very aware of how much you use your phone and by monday you just feel really refreshed for me at least yeah, I really love that because for, for me, when I go, I've started kind of somewhat not doing the Sunday thing, but I'll leave my phone places. So I'll just, yeah. if I go to dinner or if I'm going to lunch or if I'm spending time with my husband, I just leave my phone away because I know how addictive yep. it can be. And so I always kind of like checking it, you know, so yep. I, awesome. So then your, your evening routine is almost sort of uh, what a lot of people try to do in the morning, but I'm hearing that that's super important. So how, how many hours a night do you sleep? sleep? Um, I try really hard to get eight, to be honest. I try hard to get eight. Yeah. Um, I would say it probably ranges between six and a half to, uh, if I, if I had to average, average it out, I'd probably say it's seven uh, and it probably varies between six and a half to seven and a half. But I, I try to make sure that at least eight hours before I have to be awake that I'm in bed. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, so, so for me, that's, that's usually 10 PM to 6 AM. Yeah. Okay. That's, I mean, that's kind of exactly almost like what my, my time frame is, which is makes me very happy. Like last night I got, I knew I had this early appointment cause you're in Bangkok. So you're like seven 30 yep. night and I'm seven 30 in the morning. So usually I don't start my morning that early. I get up early, but I usually don't start like meetings until usually after I exercise. So I knew I had to go to sleep early and get a good night's sleep. And so I did what you were talking about is kind of did not try to look at my phone late and 
you know, and all the good stuff to, to get sleep. So, okay, awesome. Now, do you, um, is there one thing, you've been very successful in so many things, but is there one thing you can share with mildly, mi mildly successful. Mildly, that's not fair to let's, say. Let's, let's not, let's not oversell it. <laughs> okay. So here's, here's my whole, my whole thing on wildly successful. I, okay, was, sorry. I've been wildly successful. I'm yes. Screwing up the whole, I'm screwing up the whole show. Everything I'm up. I've been no, wildly actually, successful. Actually, it's perfect because what my husband said to me was, he was like, we were talking about, I just, I'm always like, okay, I want to do this and I want to do that. And he said, mm -hmm. hi, you've been successful at so much in your life. And I said, I've been mildly successful, but I really want to be wildly successful. And so. Mildly successful yeah. is what keeps, keeps you, uh, keeps you cool. Keep you. Yes, exactly. So. Keeps you I, grounded. I'm going to say just the fact that you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro makes you, in my mind, wildly successful because we have to talk about <laughs> that and not yet. <laughs> um, so, there's, a, there's a good story behind that. So let's talk about it. I've got okay, a great story behind that, whole, behind that whole thing. Okay, awesome. I can't wait. Um, do, let's talk about just real quick what you feel has attributed to your success. Like, is there, is there one thing that you can think of that's attributed? Persistence. 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 I'm uh, persistence, perseverance. Those two things: persistence yeah. and perseverance. Um, my grandfather always says about me. My grandfather is 99, still works, runs his company, total badass. Um, and he always says to me, um, he's like, of all the grandkids, I, I never worry about you because you're the guy who like you can get kicked in the stomach, thrown off the building, you know, hit by the car, and you just you just keep getting back up. He's like, you just refuse to give up, and that that's your that's your talent in life is that you just won't give up. Um, he's like, where a lot of, a lot of people would just say, you know, uh, whatever, like throw in the towel. He's like, you just, you just never do. And he's like, and because of that, you can't, you won't ever not be successful. You won't ever not be self-sufficient because you just don't allow yourself to, to get kicked down too long or knocked down too long. I love that. You know, because so many times you see really talented people and not, you know, that, give up there because like one kick and they're down and then you see people yeah. who aren't as talented but they never give up and I you know I just I love that and I, I agree with you wholeheartedly like persistence and perseverance if that is the key to success in a lot of ways is just not giving up because it's easy sometimes you're kind of like I know when I started my podcast I was like okay like two people listened or and then you know and you just sometimes you can get sounds like my podcast I <laughs> We must have the same subscribers. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them. But the problem was the two of them were like my sister and my husband at the My store. brother and sister. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. So now it's growing and it's growing. And you, as you watch it, you're like, man, if I had given up back, you know, when I was listening to two or when two people were listening, it would have, I would have never been where I am right now. So, okay. And so now you, um, you've been successful in business and now you invest in them as well. How do you mm -hmm. decide like what business will be successful and what you would invest in? And then also, can you give like a entrepreneur? or a tip for just starting out in business yeah so we have a uh, we have a venture fund that's called uh, alpha founders so anyone who is looking for for uh, you know we do very early stage investments so usually um, early stage tech disruptive technology um, we, we have done some F&B stuff but but mostly really early early stage we like to take the big risk um, and the type of stuff we invest in or the, the, the type of sorry what makes us decide whether a business will be successful or not that was the question um i would say a lot of times we we invest in people more than the business 
So we're looking for um, a person that we believe will be able to stand up to the stress and the um, the gunfire of a you know round A or or a series series A or series B funding. So when you're when you're dealing with that kind of funding, you're going up with uh, you know experts in finance, you know, you know, ex McKinsey, ex Grant Thornton, you know, consultants that are just the weapons of weapons of, of consultants and investment bankers and financial analysts, um, business development people, like the people, the best of the best are, are the people that are coming to make these after we make the deal in the beginning, the next group of people that will come and invest and, you know, um, monetize my investment meaning get me out or allowing me to exit um, this second round of funding is incredibly difficult um, and and they're going to put that ceo to the test okay so we're really looking for a ceo that we believe uh one in the product but um, i think more than anything we believe in the person uh, and their ability to run the company and also you know make it through that that next round of of uh of um, capital raising the strength of of the the human, the person, not just the product. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Products, but if it's run by someone, I would say that I would say that equally as important. Okay, all right, awesome. Now, you just to clear something up, I and this may show my <laughs> the amount of knowledge I have on this. You said we a couple times F and B. Oh, food and beverage. Food and beverage. Okay, I just wanted to, yeah, because um, yeah, you were you're more hospitality. Sorry, I, I, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you understood, but I was kind of like, okay, I want to clear that up of what that is. Food and beverage. Okay. No, no, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked because uh, <laughs> I just assume everyone knows what that's like because wow. you know whatever you probably know way more about podcasting than I do. You can say stuff that I have no clue about. Well, I'm an interior designer by trade, so a lot of times I'll say things. And oh man, I wish I wanted to. I wanted to be an interior designer. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the gayest straight man on the planet. <laughs> well, you do a lot of fashion and stuff like I, that. Yeah, I, I love fashion. I love Taylor Swift. I love interior design. Uh, I, I always tell this to all my friends, like when they're like, whenever they're like, they'll introduce me to a friend. Uh, last night I was out at the party and this gay guy's like, oh, I love the way you're dressed. I was like, dude, I was like, I am the gayest straight man on the planet. Like I everything like that. that you love, I can tell you right now, I probably love too. That's awesome. One I thing. think that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, that's, we could probably talk for hours about all that stuff, but we, we don't have a lot of time. Um, I wish we did. We, maybe we do this again. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so on top of all the success you've had in business, you climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. And I know this is kind of like I, I wanted to get to this. Uh, you're kind of a hero for that. So I need to know all about that. Like what? Well, the, the, the story... Uh... The climbing of Mount Kilimanjaro, I think, um, in general is, uh, you know, it, it kind of depends on how you do it. There, there's easy ways to do it and there's hard ways to do it. Um, we did, we did the hard way. Um, but what, what makes the story, <laughs> what makes the story a bit more ridiculous than the fact, besides the fact of just climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, which was already a challenge enough in itself was, um, the day before climbing Mount Kilimanjaro, I'd gotten to, um, I want to say it's Arusha, if I remember, uh, Arusha, Africa, okay. the, the day before my buddy, my buddy was coming uh, 24 hours later and then we were go he was getting off the plane and basically we were driving to base camp and we were leaving. So the day before I, I, had, a, I had a free day and I was like, well, maybe I'll go do something. So, uh, these guys took me for a hike, um, as if I needed to do more hiking. Of course. Yeah. Hike. Why not hike yeah. before you're yeah. going to do a huge thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly what I, what I needed to do. 
and while I was on that hike, uh, we went to a waterfall and I was going to go take a picture in this waterfall and I stepped on a rock, I slipped and I dislocated my right shoulder. Mm-mm. So uh, here I am, uh, hour and a half into the middle of jungle town, Africa, uh, and about uh, an hour and a half away from where we had driven to come to this hike. And so I have to hike an hour and a half back out of the jungle first with a dislocated shoulder. Um, and then I have to drive an hour and a half down a bumpy road with a dislocated shoulder. Um, and if you've never had a dislocated shoulder, um, what I can tell you is this. I've, I in my life have had, uh, I had a heart problem at, at one point, like three years ago. I had arterial fibrillation. That was scary. I've broken bones. That was painful. Dislocating your shoulder, it doesn't sound that bad. It is one of, it is the most painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. Um, because pop it back in. yeah, well, you have to go get it popped in, but, okay. but what happens is because it's out of, uh, out of joint and your arms moving around and such, um, I, my doctor friend explains to me, but basically it's all, all your nerves and stuff are just firing like crazy. Uh-huh. So you go into shock. That's so that's what happened. I, I started going to shock. I was like, like this shaking for, you know, for this hour and a half drive. Uh, then we had to go to two hospitals. I couldn't find a hospital that knew how to dis- put his shoulder back in. And finally, I went to this, basically, for lack of a better word, <laughs> mud hut in the middle of nowhere. And this doctor is like, oh, yeah, I can do it. He's like, but I need you to give me $5 for ketamine because you're definitely not going to want to be sober during this. Let me go get some ketamine for you. Um, so I was like, all right. So I give this doctor $5, injects me with ketamine. I wake up, and next thing you know, I've got my shoulder in a sling, and I'm, and I'm okay. And the next, day I went and hiked, <laughs> the next day, I went and hiked. Mount Kilimanjaro with my shoulder in a sling. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that is <laughs> crazy. Ridiculous, oh ridiculous, ridiculous story. Ridiculous story. Yeah, that, that is crazy. Like no normal human beings probably wouldn't have done any of that, but, but it didn't, it didn't seem ridiculous that? at the, it didn't seem ridiculous at the time. And, and, in all fairness, the, the buddy that I went hiking with, uh, or went climbing with, he was a doctor. Um, and had he not been there, I, I, I probably would have not done it, I would guess. Um, but okay. you know, I was like, I got, I was like, I got a doctor with me. Like, what's the worst, that, what's the worst that can happen? So, <laughs> so there was some sanity there. We, we see that <laughs> a little bit, a little oh, bit, just a hair, just a hair. Okay. Well, so, so then that goes back to your perseverance, like your persistence and your perseverance. Yes. Yes. I would say so. Time frames that you can climb. Is it, is it Kilimanjaro that there's certain time frames, or is that Everest that you can't climb? You can only climb like a certain. Um, yeah. I mean, you can, um, there's times where it's more and less recommended, I would say. Um, okay. so yeah, I mean, we, when we got there, um, I mean, just the whole experience is crazy, man. Like, you know, you're, you're out, you're out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, you, you're, you're hiking literally. I mean, if something goes wrong, you're, I mean, you're in the middle of nowhere. You're literally on a mountain in the middle of nowhere. Um, at some point you get high enough that there's no option for rescue at that point because helicopters can't come up that high anymore. Right. So, um, I think that's the point where it kind of, at least for me, cause I'm, I'm like, as much as I do this extreme stuff, I'm also like very conscious of like what I'm doing. And I think when the last day when we got, I think it's called Kimbo Camp or Kimbo Camp. I can't remember, but you're at like 17,000 feet, something like that. And, you, you know, it's getting hard to breathe and your heart's beating really quick all the time. Right. And I think at one point when we were there and they were like, all right, when we've got like eight more hours up the mountain and we're going to leave at midnight tonight and, you know, you're going to wear a headlamp and it's freezing cold. And I think when, at that point I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Sorry to cuss, but that, like, that, that's what, <laughs> that's no, what was going through my mind. I'm, I'm like, arm, arm in a sling, you know, like 
nowhere near any kind of help freezing and <laughs> what the heck am I doing up here like this is ridiculous but so it was great it, it was great what got you to go though like that's that to me is when I think about that I'm that's where you're like okay this is something motivated you beyond just is it just you don't I think I, I think it was I was with my buddy and we'd made it that far and he was like all gung-ho and I mean actually actually I uh, as well with um I ended up getting altitude sickness. Um, so yeah, the whole thing, I mean, the whole thing was a mess. So like, it was fun and I loved it and I would probably go do it again. But I mean, I was like dislocated shoulder, yeah. um, you know, so everything I'm doing hurts all the time um, or I'm sore, I'm sore, I would say. Um, I'm carrying a backpack with a dislocated shoulder because you have to carry your own gear um, or not dislocated, but just pop back in shoulder. Not, it not, was. <laughs> and a sling, yeah. And, and um, it's freezing cold. And then we start hiking the last night and, I, and I'm getting sick the whole time. So altitude sickness, you start getting like, you start throwing up, you start getting diarrhea, you start getting like, I mean, like hallucinating a bit. Right. Yeah. You get headaches. Um, and so we got like 200 meters from the top and, and uh, they have these like blood oxygen. Uh, I can't remember what they're called. They have these things and my oxygen them. level dropped like really low all of a sudden. And they're like, you know, we got to go back. They're like, you know, and I was like, no, I was like, no fucking way. Right. I'm like, I can see the top. I was like, you're going to have to drag me off this mountain. I was like, I don't care if it's just my, me touching my hand and we go, but we are going. Good and he's like, it's like, he's like, it's only 200 meters, but it's an hour and a half. I was like, we're going. Yeah. I love uh, and that was it. I love so it. I it. That's awesome. That's an inspiration that's story. story right there. I love, love, love it. Um, okay. Or stupidity story. I'm not, I'm not sure if it's inspiring oh. or stupid, but, but nonetheless, I did it. Honestly, it's a little bit of both, but, but that's okay. <laughs> I think any extreme, you know, success comes with a little bit of stupidity and a little bit of luck, right? So yeah, <laughs> we're going to, we're just sure. going to call it that. All right. So now, um, because you you, we all have negative thoughts, right? Cause it, you, we have 60,000 thoughts a day and it's proven that 80% of them are negative, which is, I think horrendous, but it's true, right? How, yep. what, is there an over, is, have you overcome a certain limiting belief or is there one that you can share with us that has helped you be successful? Like you had one and you overcame it. A limiting belief. Um, I don't know if I had a limiting belief per se. I mean, I mean I'm sure I do and, and maybe I do and I don't realize it. Um, but I think one of the things I've done as far as like, self-improvement that's helped me the most in the last couple of years is um about uh four months ago i started going to therapy which was amazing uh one of my buddies um this guy noah kagan which you may or may not have heard of he's a really well-known internet marketer uh, number 30 at facebook okay. and he and i were talking about um how he's been going to therapy for I, I was asking i was asking i was like man you always ask great questions i'm like you always like whenever i say something you have a question back to what I say. That's like, like a very good, like, well, why, or what about that made you feel this way? And I was just like, it's like, I was like, it's almost like you're a therapist. And he's like, Oh, he's like, he's like, I've been going to therapy for all these years. He's like, so that's probably had a big impact on it. I was like, and what have you found? And he's like, it makes me a good listener. It makes me think about my thoughts and I ask great questions. And I was like, well, I want to try that. I want to do that. So uh, I started going to, ther yeah, I started going to therapy and I also started, um, I have a, like every week I work with this llama, um, like Buddhist Lama, okay. this guy named Lama Surya Das. He was, um, he is considered the the highest ranking Buddhist Lama in America. Uh, he was like the Dalai Dalai Lama's like 
right-hand man. He, they consider him the ambassador to Buddhism, Western Buddhism for the Dalai Lama. So, I mean, like, very high up a Buddhist guy. Uh, and every week, I'm so fortunate. Um, I have an hour-long coaching session with him every week. Wow. So I would say with him and therapy, what I've learned or gotten better about is just calmness, um, thinking through problems better rather than reacting to problems quickly. I, I, I used to be a very reactive guy um, rather than proactive in situations. So I've learned a lot to be more um, calm and proactive in, in negative situations. So I know that's a limiting belief, but it's the biggest self-improvement thing I've done in the last four to six months is, is um, learning to be proactive, learning to calm and quiet my emotions and being able to make better, more sound decisions uh, in the face of adversity or the face of negativity. That's, that is so um, crucial. You know, you, you said therapy and sometimes it gets a bad rap, but I, think I was just talking about this with my therapist last night. Uh, yeah. I was saying, uh, you don't have, um, sorry, to, yeah, go sorry ahead. to cut you off, but yeah, I've been trying to talk about it a lot because exactly that people give it a bad rap. And, um, uh, I was saying to him the, the uh, last night specifically, I was in the office and, and I said to someone, I was like, Oh, I got to go to a meeting. But actually, I was going to go to therapy, and, and I, was, I was like, you know, I was like, I was like, you know, I was like, screw that. I was like, I'm just going to tell people like more and more. I was like, I go to therapy, and it's awesome, and I like it, and it's good for me, and, and, I, and I learn a lot about myself in it. But like, there's no reason to be ashamed of going to learn more about yourself. The problem is people think therapy is, you know, the problem is the problem is people suck and people judge. I mean, is is what the, the reality is is because why would you why would you judge someone for that, and and why would I even because I used to judge people for that. I don't mean that people suck, but, but people are judgmental is, is the better way to say it. Um, because like some people go because they were abused. Right. Some people go because uh, they're alcoholics. Some people go because they've got too many negative thoughts. Or some people go because they just want to learn more about themselves. And no matter what your reason for going is, I think those are all really respectable reasons going to try to get help, whether it's personal development or whether it's trying to get over something that happened to you. Or, or get over an addiction. I think that's like actually an incredibly noble thing of someone to go and do and say, I realize that I need help or I realize that I can be better. And I think that's a great thing, not a negative thing. That's perfect. I mean, I, I think what you said it, more accurately, rather than people suck, that and <laughs> in general. So See, that was, the that, that, was the that was the reactivity, not the proactivity. I that's myself. exactly right. But they are, but we have a tendency as human nature to be judgmental. And if we can just change the idea about therapy, it, to me, I love that you're, act, you're passionate about that because I feel the same way is that you don't have to, it's not that you're mentally unstable or crazy to go to therapy. It's good for you. It is good for you. And just make sure you yeah. find the right ones that aren't trying to help you, you know, live your story over and over and over. You need to get move on from your story and, mm. and use that story as fuel to make yourself a better person, which, you know, I love that. And I know you have very I've, short amount of time. I found mine for, for anyone for, uh, I, I just, you know, I asked them if I could be 10 minutes late and they are saying, okay, I think okay. Uh, so we can go five, 10 more minutes. Okay. Um, but for anyone out there who's thinking about doing it, what I did was uh, I went on betterhelp.com. That's what I use is BetterHelp. So I'll give BetterHelp a plug. Um, better help. I looked through help better help.com, right? Yep, exactly. Yep, exactly. I'm gonna put that in my show notes. Yep, and um, I went through and looked at a bunch of different people that I thought might be good. I messaged a few of them and I got a message back. And um, yeah, the, the um, therapist that wrote me back, 
is awesome and I have a great connection with them. And yeah, it's great. I, I like it. I highly recommend it. Comes from this, I think from which we've already gotten a lot from it. <laughs> but <laughs> everyone just understand that if you think for one second that you might benefit, you probably will. So go to betterhelp.com. I agree. I've been to that before too. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine even my, I can't imagine besides maybe my wife, because my wife is like Buddha incarnate. Besides my wife, I can't imagine anyone that wouldn't benefit from therapy. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I totally agree with you. And I'm glad that you, I'm glad we talked about that because it's not what I expected, but it is so perfect. Um, okay. So just real quick, because I know we have a few more minutes left because you got us some extra time, which I love. Um, is there a book that you love that you think that we should be reading? You're in Thailand. We're in America. You know, um, America is coming nuts right now. Is there some something that we should be reading that would be awesome? I, I'll show you what I'm reading currently, yeah. um, which is, uh, and, and I'm sure a lot of people have read this book. I've read it before. It's a very good book, but uh, this, the meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Okay. The Emperor's oh, Handbook. My husband's reading that right now, and I let, I haven't read it. Is it? Yeah. Should I read it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's really good. Okay, say it. Let's read it again. The. Uh, this one's this this version of it's called the Emperor's Handbook. Um, uh, there's different versions of it, but this this one I'm reading. I, I've read a different version before. I'm reading this version right now. Um, okay. I really like this version. Marcus Aurelius, the Emperor's Handbook. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, another book is is the 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 Lama that that coaches me. Uh, he's yeah. got a book called Awakening the Buddha Within. Uh, that's an amazing book. Really, really. That's how I first found him. Was I read his book and then found him online. Um, and then for something more, yeah, something more business. Um, I would say. Let me look. Give me give me a second. Let me see what I've read or done recently. There's a book called Essentialism. Essentialism is really good. That's a great book. Okay. Um, or Your Brain at Work. That's also a really good book. Brain at, brain at Work is pretty awesome. Actually, that's, that's a... I'm that's fascinated a really by the brain. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to... I just... When I, when I hear things like this, like I know that I'm going to order Essentialism and Your Brain at Work and probably Awakening the Buddha Within. And, you know, so I'm pretty excited about that. I love. And I'll give you. I'll, I'll give you a couple of random ones. Uh, Benjamin Franklin's biography uh, by Walter Isaacson. Uh, Napoleon: A Life. That was a really good one. And maybe the last I will go with. I will go with. Good leaders ask great questions by John C. Maxwell. Good great. There's there's a few books. I hope that Yay. helps. I always have like three or four going and now you've just helped me. I'm probably going to have like eight going on time. All right. So, <laughs> okay. So you seem um, like you are a happy guy and I think I try to be. happiness is one of the main ingredients to a wildly successful lifestyle. And if you're not happy, you're not successful in, in my opinion, but um, I've become, I've become more happy over the last few years. I used to be a pretty, pretty unhappy guy. I would say. Okay. Well, ha yeah. so, so what makes you happy? Like, what is it that truly makes you happy? Um, well, how do you want to know what makes me happy or what got me to happiness? Which, what, what, uh, which, which is more interesting to you? Uh, I want to know both. Can you give them both to us? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what got me to happiness was I, I, I referred to it slightly uh, or a bit um, before, which is another great story. 
um, I'll try to do the quickest version possible, but basically uh, three and a half years ago, three and a half, four years ago, um, my wife was pregnant with our daughter. Um, I had come up to Bangkok. Um, I wasn't drinking much at the time. I was like doing like, I do like one to three months of no drinking and I'd like go out and drink and like have fun with friends, you know, like on a weekend or something after two or three months of drink, not drinking at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I came up to Bangkok and I went out with some friends and it became like this two week bender, like just totally out of control. Um, of like going out, of like going out every night, having a couple drinks every night. And, um, I had what's called arterial fibrillation, which is basically something people in their sixties get, um, which means that, um, it can happen for a number of reasons. But for me, what happened was I was extremely dehydrated because I was going out drinking at night. I was waking up in the morning. I was training for an ultra marathon at the time. So I was waking up in the morning, running 15 K 20 K. I was going to the sauna. I was going to sauna in the afternoon and my body was just hyper dehydrated. I mean, the morning that it happened, I woke up and my tongue was swollen in my mouth and felt like a piece of like, like sandpaper. Um, so anyways, I had this thing happen. Um, and, uh, they basically, um, you know, as it happens, like after eight hours, you're supposed to go in to do like defibrillation, like, like they would do to someone who's like, doesn't have a heartbeat because they try to reset your heart because what's happening is your heart's beating. It's basically having a spasm and mine was going for eight hours like that. Wow. Um, so like eight, eight hours, 180 BPM, just, um, uh, which is very uncomfortable in case you're wondering. Um, so, um, they were going to go do either defibrillate me or they were going to cut me open and do surgery. They can start like burning out pieces of your heart to try to get it back, back on track. Basically burning out pieces of your heart probably isn't the medical term, by the way, you'll have to, you'll have to do that. <laughs> I, I wanted, I'm going to like want to know about that, but we, I, I want to hear the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, I'm like, no, like my wife's pregnant. Like if I'm gonna die, I mean, cause that's, that's how, I mean, that's, that's where it was at for me. Like oh, wow. uh, it's eight hours in, they're like, if you don't get this done soon, you're gonna have a stroke. Uh, we're gonna have to defibrillate you. We're gonna have to knock you out. Like, I don't know if it was quite on the, I don't know if it was actually life or death, probably not, um, but it was certainly very serious. Yeah, it was very serious, very, 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 very serious. Probably my, my chances of survival obviously were quite good, but uh, it was a life or death situation. Uh, and I said, no, I said, I wanna, I wanna see my wife. Um, and my wife came and uh, jumped into bed with me. And within a few minutes of being, I started bawling. I was, you know, I felt horrible that I'd put myself and her in this situation. And I started crying and was like really upset. And she was like, don't worry about it. Just, you know, all that matters is that you're okay, or at least, you know, sort of okay. (laughs) And uh, within like, within like 20 minutes of her, my my heart, they call it converting. Uh, So your arterial fibrillation is like erratic rhythm. Um, or you have sinus rhythm. That's what everyone, you right now have sinus rhythm, hopefully. Um, or you probably wouldn't be sitting here. Um, uh, and so within like 10 minutes of being here, my heart converted to sinus rhythm. And uh, the doctors came in, they didn't come in. They were supposed to come in right after she was got there. They didn't come in. They came in like two hours later and they're like, how do you feel? I was like, yeah, I was like, I feel good now. And they're like, yeah, like your heart converted. So um, this all goes back to happiness. So, so what did that make me realize in this moment was like the power of love um, the, uh, amazing person that I was lucky enough to have and choose as my partner, my wife. Wow. Um, and also that life is really short. Um, you know, I was, I was 35 at the time. I'm almost 40 now. Um, and, and, um, it was like, shit, man, like this isn't like life's not forever. Like when you're sitting there on in a hospital bed and the, uh, I was in CCU, which is coronary care unit. So that's ICU for people with heart problems. I was, I was the youngest guy in there. Everyone in there was dying. And, and including me. Um, 
And so like when you're, you're faced with this, it makes you realize you're, you're literally confronting death. You're staring death right in the eye. And you, you know, I think anyone who doesn't change from that, uh, either they have a really great life already or B, they, they haven't taken a lesson away from the, uh, from the uh, situation. So that was one that made me realize it, that right away calmed me down. Um, and then having a daughter, if you don't have children, teaches you patience and love like you can never imagine. My daughter, like uh, one of my friends said to me before I had my daughter, you never know true love until you have a, have a girl, uh, which I had and I'm so blessed to have had my daughter. Um, and that made things a lot different. Um, and then the last one I would say is like seeing the, um, seeing the destruction that laid in the wake of all of the things and my actions of the past as I got more to this sense of like clarity and calmness and happiness is like then dealing with like business partners or things I've done in my past that all of a sudden were in my face. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's one of the things that I've learned or I always say to myself is like, whatever is happening bad in your life right now isn't a, um, isn't a reflection of who you are today. It's a reflection of who you were a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago or, or three years ago. Um, so what's happening right now in your life isn't a result of, of, of what you did today normally. It's a result of things that happened months ago. Uh, and I think this mentality too kind of like made me realize like everything I'm doing right now is setting my life up for being happy and great six months from now or a year from now. So like it makes you be really present and it also makes you realize like you're investing like goodwill or, or money or whatever you're doing. Just like you invest money, you need to invest karma and energy and people and things to make sure that six months from now, life is good and fun. Uh, and yeah, it's kind of a long explanation, but I, I guess it's those things beautiful. like I've gotten goosebumps yeah. like five times because what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, for your family, um, is, is where your happiness and your calmness comes. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and surfing and surfing. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then also you, you recognize that you can't control what you've done in the past, but you can control who you are today and who you're going to be tomorrow. And, and today may be, uh, and uh, what is it? The, um, circumstance of what you've done, but tomorrow can be the circumstance of what you're doing today. So yeah, it's like, I, I think the biggest thing is like, all the bad stuff, like if you really think about it, 99.9% .9 of the time, say for like someone hit my car in the parking lot. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but, but even that is a result of you parking there, right? So, um, yeah. so uh, like uh, that for me just like was like a massive mental shift of like, oh, like all this bad stuff I'm experiencing isn't, isn't who I am. It's, it's who I was. And like, I can choose right now to be someone different. And so if I re react differently to this negative stuff that's happening, at least though I might not fix it, I'm like, you know, at least uh, diluting it. It's like uh, event, it's kind of like the, uh, the uh, logic of event plus reaction equals outcome. Most people think event equals outcome, but it's actually like the event that happens to you plus your reaction equals the outcome. Whereas a lot of people think like someone yelled at me, so I yell back, but actually you're yelling back is the reaction and that's what creates like the drama. Uh, it's not because the person yelled at you. you the person who yelled at you is it's not their fault. It's your fault for reacting in a bad way. That's, that is um, a, a wonderful statement. And I, it's beautifully put event plus reaction equals outcome. I haven't heard it put that way. It's basically your thoughts are creating your reality, but put in a different statement. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So event doesn't equal outcome. I love that. It's event plus reaction equals outcome. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. 
Yeah, awesome. Well, this has been so good. I have other questions, but I know you have to go and maybe we'll do this. <laughs> it's too much fun. Um, I love everything we came up with today. It was not, it was kind of, you know, how you go into something and you're like, I'm not sure what to expect, but I loved how it turned out. So thank you. Awesome. For well, I hope, I hope everyone listening uh, takes away something from this and uh, feel free to hit me up on Instagram or Facebook or wherever yeah. you, how wherever you crazy people hang out. How do, how do we find you? Like, where is the best place for us to follow you, get to hear you? Because your Instagram and your Twitter are amazing, like, good stuff. So tell us how to find yeah. you. Uh, I would say Instagram, at Edmund Lohman, or YouTube, Edmund Lohman. So on my YouTube, I interview a lot of uh, pretty cool people, and I put out some entrepreneurial-type instructional or motivational or, like, how-to videos uh, probably about once a week. So, uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, we'll I'll put all of that Instagram in Instagram or YouTube. Okay. Awesome. I'm going to put that in my show notes and we'll, um, hopefully maybe we'll do this again. I loved it. Sounds great. Awesome. Have Thank a, you so have much. a wonderful night. <laughs> Thank you, Heidi. It was, it was, it was wonderful. And, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You too. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends because we're just going to keep going bigger and better places together. And I love that about us. Talk to you in a few days.